uh, Romans 12. Romans 12, and we're going to start there today. Uh, we're going to continue this series on I Can Change. Everybody say, I Can Change. This is going to be the fourth part of this series. Uh, the last part, I know you're sad about it, right? Axad. That was the most pathetic acting job you guys ever did. So uh, we're going to uh, wrap up this series on I Can Change, part four, and uh, finish it up today and talk about what we want to uh, share the last thing in this series. Uh, but these, these steps we've been talking about really all go together. If you haven't been here, I encourage you guys to get online, get on the podcast, listen to them. And uh, we've been going over some different steps every week about I can change. Steps from God's word on how to take to practically change. And so we're going to wrap those up today. And we're going to talk about the last one today. Um, but I'm excited about it. And uh, then later on in the service, we're going to kind of change gears. And I want to talk about life groups with you uh, for a moment. And the importance of life groups. And life group Sunday. And we're going to give you a time to go sign up in the back and get involved. And we would love to see 100% participation in this church. Uh, because we all need it. All of us together. Uh, so we'll talk about that later. So I can change part four. Uh, we're going to read a verse here, Romans 12 and verse 1. And we're going to start there. New Living Translation it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, uh, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, and this is where we're going to hang out for a lot of, uh, this message. Now, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Listen to this part. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, if you got a Bible, please underline that part in it. I know it doesn't say that in every translation, but in the New Living Translation. It says, but let God transform you into a new person. What would that be? Change. I can change. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Can I get amen today? So we're going to start part four of this series. And today we want to talk about the power of your mind. The power of your mind. Now, have you guys been getting some stuff out of this series? Has it been helping you? Okay, now this is, this is just funny because I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I notice, you know, a lot of preachers say that. You guys get some out of the series? Because I was listening to a bunch of podcasts this past week and I was like, uh, you know, listening to the stuff that preachers say at the beginning of their, their messages. And most preachers do say, hey, you guys been getting something out of this? Everybody's like, yeah. I was thinking, what if somebody just said no? <laughs> Not that I want you to say that. But I was just thinking in my head, wouldn't it be kind of funny, but it would really throw you off the rest of the message if you're like, anybody getting anything out of this? Nope. No. Not at all. But Christians are too nice to say something like that. I don't know. That's just what I think about sometimes. When I was listening to other people say it, I'm like, what if somebody just said no? How's that going to throw off the preacher the rest of the time? Nope. Not at all. Nice try, buddy. Good speech. Uh, not getting anything whatsoever in this message. Um, so 
that's just the way I think about stuff. That was free. That has nothing to do with this message. But I do really believe you guys have been getting some out of this, right? Come on. Nope. All right. And we've been talking about I can change because we all can change if we want to change. And we've been seeing from God's word that we can change. Everybody say, I can change. And we wanted to, at the beginning of this series, start off and, and share these things for, with you because I didn't want to just have another uh, resolution series or just a goal series, but not really give you some practical steps on how to change and how to have God in the middle of your change because I want it to be true and to be lasting. So uh, we've covered seven steps from the Bible so far um, on Sunday mornings, and we've talked about these things. And you know, they all go together. They're all intertwined together. Now, there's a reason we have to split them up to teach about them. But in reality, they all are working together to accomplish the same goal. So in your everyday life, they're all kind of interchangeable. But to teach about them, we've had to split them up. But uh, do you guys have a slide of some of the things we've covered? All right, so this is what we talked about the past four weeks. All the different uh, power principles. The power of I can Got to believe you can do it. The power of humility, getting God involved in your change. The power of vision, having a vision for your life. You have to have a target. You have to have a goal. The power of your words, because your words are creating your future. The power of choice, we have a choice to change. The power of your desire, you have to want it more than anything else if you're going to change. And the power of your habits, because your daily habits is what really changes your life. So we've had seven so far. But today we're going to talk about number eight, which is the power of your mind or the power of your thoughts, however you want to say it. The power of your mind. And it's interesting. Uh, Seven is a number of perfection, but eight is a number of new beginnings. Because we're talking about change, aren't we? We're talking about being different. And number eight is the number of new beginnings. So we're going to stop on number eight. The power of your mind. Because we're believing through this series that hopefully it started a new beginning in a lot of areas of your life. A new start. A fresh start. Uh, some change is happening in your life. So we're going to stop on number eight. And number eight is the power of your mind. So first of all, your mind is so important. Your mind is really the control center of your life. When we change our mind... Or our thoughts, we can change our life. Just like the Bible says, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or it says that God would change you into a new person by changing the way you think. I love the way the new living brings it down home to where we can really receive it. It says that God will change you into a new person. It doesn't just stop there though. By... Changing the way you think. So it doesn't mean God's just going to do it apart from you. He's going to change you with you. Because you're working together with Him. So it doesn't just say God's going to change you. Because that's what most church people want God to do, right? God, change me. Go to an altar call. I'll be changed forever. No, you won't. You'll start to change there. But that's just the beginning. Because you'll be the same person if you don't do something to change. Because change isn't changed until it's changed. New year, new you? No. Nope. 
If you don't change anything in your life, it will be the same year, same old you, same habits, same discouragement, same depression, same problems, same weight issues, same mind issues, same sickness, same poverty. It will be the same year you had last year. But by the year changing does nothing other than give you a motivation and an opportunity to do something. Does not change anything whatsoever. But God says, let me change you into a new person by changing the way you think. So you, we have to change the way we think. We have to change our mind. When we can change our mind and our thoughts, we can change our life. Now let's look at Proverbs 23 and verse 7. The New King James Version. Look at what it says. For as he or she thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart and in your mind, so are you. So we could say this. Whatever you think about all the time, whoever you think you are is who you are. Whether that's true or not. And God, even though he thinks certain things about you, if you don't change your thinking to get in line with God's thinking, you will stay the same the rest of your life. God sees you healed. But if you see yourself sick all the time, guess what? As you think in your heart, so are you. You will be sick the rest of your life. God sees you prosperous, but if you see yourself as a poor person who's always lived in poverty, and my parents have always lived in poverty, and have always lived in a bad part of town, and I don't get a good job, and I will never get a raise, and I'll always struggle, then that's who you will be the rest of your life, even though it's not true in the eyes of God. Because as you think, not God, so are you. And that's why God says... Let me change your life, but I have to change the way you think first. So as you think in your heart, so are you. So if you see yourself as a depressed, down, sad person, even though God says that you can have the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord can be your strength, doesn't matter what He thinks, what you think, as you think, so are you. That's the power of your mind, the power of your thoughts. Most people don't get control of their thought life, and it's so important. Because as a man or as a woman thinks in their heart and in their mind, so are they, whether it's true or not. And God is calling us to come up higher to His way of thinking. Because if we want to change our life, we have to change our mind and our thoughts if we want to change our life. Now before we go any further, uh, this past Wednesday we, um, we watched a movie at the quarry. Now, that's why you guys pay us, so we can show your kids movies at the quarry on Wednesday night, right? Feed them popcorn and candy and caffeinated beverages on a school night so they can go home and tell you what they learned at the quarry. So we watched a movie called Inside Out. How many have ever seen Inside Out? Now, it's a tearjerker. Now, some of you don't think it's emotional, but you don't have a little daughter when you're watching this movie. Now, if you have a daughter watching this movie, you're a mess. You're a wreck. Um, some of you ruined the emotional parts because some of the people were talking during the real tender part. I'm like, you just ruined it. I needed to have a good cry on a Wednesday night. But this movie, Inside Out, it's about your emotions and your feelings. 
So let me explain to you what it's about. Uh, so it's about this girl. She's growing up. She's be- becoming a teenager. Fun age, right? Right, parents? Okay, we work with them every week. Teenagers, fun age. A lot of changes, to say the least, right? A lot of changes, fun changes uh, in their life. And it's showing this girl. She's getting older. Uh, but the movie is about, in her mind, it's showing uh, her different emotions. And so there's anger. There's joy. Uh, there's fear. Uh, there, there's all these different emotions in her mind. And so the whole movie, it, it's funny because it's showing that there's a control center in her brain or her mind and her thought life that controls her life, that controls the way she acts, controls the way she talks, controls what she feels. And you see all these different emotions, the whole movie, are fighting for control of the buttons of her life. And the truth is that that movie has some scriptural truth to it. Because if you don't control your mind, someone else will. If you don't take control of your mind and your thought life, it's not like it will just be wandering out there and no one will have control. Guess what happens every day of your life? Your emotions and your feelings and the enemy and the world and the news is pressing buttons all day, every day, and that's your life. And none of those things are based off of truth. So if we don't take control of our mind, someone else will. If we don't take control of the control center of our mind and our thinking and our thoughts, someone else will. Our feelings will. Come on, can we get an amen in here for any of those feely, touchy people in here like myself that are emotional? Brother Sean, I'm talking to you. No, I'm talking. Now, Brother Sean, uh, he's, a, he's a different type of person because he's a black and white person, but yet emotional at the same time. What a combination is that? Let's pray for Miss Jenny in the future. Because, listen, I'm just analyzing this. Like, I'm being a a pastoral counseling right here. I see Miss Jenny as a gray area person, but not emotional. Is that accurate? What a combination do they have going on over there? Let's pray for them. And they work together every day. You guys are great. No, they do really have a good relationship. I see them every day of my life. It's great. Let's give it up for Brother Sean and Miss Jimmy. And he works with his mother-in-law too. But she's the nicest person around here. You know that to be true. Now, I'm saying that because she controls the money at our church. Okay. So, add an extra 50 next week on my paycheck, please. Thank you. So, if you don't take control of your mind or your thoughts... Someone else will. So we have to take control of our minds and our thoughts, what we think, how we think, what's going on in our mind. We have a choice, like anything else in our life, to control what's happening in our mind. And the way we think in our thought life has the ability to change how our life goes. So let me talk to you real quickly about there are three types of, of thoughts that come to you every day. We need to establish this before we go any further, that there are thoughts that come to you that are not from you. 
a lot of people have thought they were going crazy and they really weren't going crazy. They just didn't realize that there are thoughts that come to you that aren't always from you. There is a supernatural realm. There is a spiritual realm that is just as real as the natural realm. And you are living in a natural world, but ultimately there is a spiritual world around us, good and bad. And so every thought that you think is not always from you. So there's three different types of thoughts that come in the Bible. So there's the thought of man. So there's your own thoughts. There's thoughts that come from God. And there's thoughts that come from the enemy. So every thought you have is not ultimately from you. You need to understand that. Because if you think everything you think is coming from you, you'll just accept it. And you'll just receive any old thought that comes into your mind when it's not necessarily you. Let me give you an example of this. In the Gospels, uh, Peter, who was the loudmouth of the group, uh, Peter, who got it right sometimes and got it really wrong sometimes, Peter, all within one chapter, has all three of these things happening. When Jesus said, I will build my church... And I call you Peter, which means rock, and I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. During that uh, chapter in the Bible, he says, Peter, who do men, thoughts of man, say that I am? And Peter answers, and he says, some say you're Elijah. Some say, you know, you're all these different Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joshua. Who They think that you're all these Old Testament people. You could be. He said, who does men say that I am? So that's man's thoughts and reasoning. And then he goes on and takes the next step and he says, but Peter, who do you say that I am? Now that will preach all by itself. Because it's not important. Nah, it's not important what others think that he is. It's important who you think he is. That determines your life. And ultimately it determines your eternity. Who do you say he is? doesn't matter what everybody else says. And so he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, shut your mouth, Peter. That's the first intelligent thing you have said in all three years. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And notice what he says next. You didn't receive this from humans. You received this from God. So that thought that Peter had that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, was a God thought. So there's man thought, there's God thoughts from the same person, Peter. Go a few more scriptures into this before the chapter's over. And he's telling his disciples, I got to go to the cross, I got to die. This has to happen, I got to leave you guys. And Peter says, no, Lord. Which makes no sense. No, Lord. No, Lord, it's not going to happen. I'm going to fight for you. Don't do this. Don't go to the cross. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Now, for all of you who ever thought that my dad, who is a prophet, is harsh or strong when he preaches, get out of here. He has never said, get behind me, Satan. Now, that came from Jesus, who is love, who everybody says, oh, be like Jesus. He's love. 
Well, love said, get behind me, Satan. Same Jesus. Same Jesus who loved people and healed people is the same Jesus who tossed tables in the temple is the same Jesus who said, get behind me, Satan. So with a real Jesus, please stand up. That's the, that's the same Jesus. So don't ever act like somebody preaching a strong message is too strong for you. He said, get behind me, Satan. So guess where he got that thought? Satan, the enemy. So within one chapter, Peter has a thought from man, has a thought from God, has a thought from the enemy, and he speaks them all out. So there are thoughts that come to us every day that are from those three sources, and we need to understand and take control of our mind on who we should listen to and what we should think about and what we should say. So let's read Isaiah 55 in verse 8 in the New Living. This is God speaking to his people. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Well, just say it plain, God, why don't you? (laughs) And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Verse 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Verse 10, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Verse 11, now this is a key verse. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper wherever I send it. So God says to all mankind, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways, but I love that he doesn't leave us hanging. He says, so how would you know my ways? My word. And he says, instead of your thoughts and your ways, put my word in your mind. Put my word in your heart. Put my word in your thoughts. And what will it do? It says, just like the rain comes down and the snow comes down. Miss Jenny, come on, believe God for some more snow. It comes down and it waters the earth. And what does it do? It causes things to grow. It causes things to produce. And it says that the word will come and it says it will prosper wherever it goes. God's word. So there's an answer. A lot of Christians just leave it there. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I'm never going to reach it to heaven. Read the rest of the verses. It says, okay, that's true. But the next thing is you can know this because I'm sending you my word to change your way of thinking, to change your way of living, to have you to think thoughts that I'm thinking, not that the world is thinking, not that the enemy is thinking. And when you do that, it's going to make things grow in your life. It's going to make things change in your life. It's going to make things prosper in your life. Come on now, somebody. Is anybody here? And it comes from my word. So we have to replace a wrong thoughts with God's word or God's truth. So I want to share a few things with you uh, about this. Uh, so how do we change our mind and how do we change our thoughts? Uh, and I've mentioned this before when we talked about thoughts in our minds before. Uh, but let me give you these three things. Uh, remove, resist, and replace. Remove, resist, 
and replace. So there are thoughts that come to all of us. There are things that are in our mind, not always from us, from God, from ourselves, and from the enemy. And when we have those thoughts come to us every day, we have to do something with them. We just can't let them linger. We have to resist them. We have to remove them if they're the wrong ones. And we have to replace them with the right ones, which is God's word or God's truth. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 10. We'll turn over there and give you a couple verses about what we're talking about. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. And we're going to read from the New King James. It says, For though we walk in the flesh... So that means we walk in a body. Everybody has a body here. Raise your hand. Your body is up. Okay. For we do not war according to the flesh. So he's saying that this battle is not physical. You're not boxing Satan. I mean, I know you watch Carmen Champion. Where are my real church people at? Carmen Champion? Final countdown. Okay. Uh, So we do not war according to the flesh. So you're not boxing Satan physically. You're not getting in the ring with him and doing UFC fighting. This is a spiritual thing. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are not fleshly, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Stop. Oh, nice. Thank you, Katie. So strongholds. Mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is something in your mind that's not from God. That has, has taken a place in your mind that doesn't belong to them. It's a stronghold. It, it's kind of like a military term. There's, it's a stronghold in your mind that it's guarded, it's protected, that God, you are not allowing God to get in there and remove that stronghold in your life. Stronghold could be anything. It could be a sexual thing. It could be an addiction to something. It could be just a a poverty mindset or a sickness mindset. People have strongholds in their thinking that are not of God. The good news is we can pull down those strongholds. Now here's a little side note for you charismatic Pentecostal people here. Pulling down strongholds does not mean renting a um, helicopter and flying over southern Indiana and pulling down strongholds. Okay. That is not what he's talking about here. And, of course, you would be wearing military uh, attire when you do that. Now, don't, don't look at me so serious. There's real Christians who do stuff like that. Let me rent this helicopter and put on some army fatigues and go pull down some strongholds over the nations. It doesn't work like that. It's a spiritual thing. So, it's not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Next verse. Notice what it says. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice how do we pull down strongholds? We take every thought that comes into our mind captive if it doesn't align with God's truth. So if you have a thought that comes to you and you know it's not from God, don't think about it. You have to do something about it. It says you have to take it captive. That means put that thought into some handcuffs 
and escort it out of your mind. Leading it out. Take it captive and lead it out of your mind because it has no power and authority to be there unless you allow it to. So how do we pull down strongholds in our mind? We have to pay attention to what we're thinking about. We have to think about what we're thinking about. And we have to take every thought and every uh, thing that comes in our mind that doesn't align with God's word and escort it out of our mind. And we can do that. So we have to resist the wrong thoughts and we have to remove the wrong thoughts. Because if we let it stay there, what happens? It becomes a stronghold. You know, when people say, I've thought this way my whole life. What is that? A stronghold. That could be right or wrong. Doesn't always have to be negative. It could be, it could be in the right sense. But most of the time when people say, I've always thought this way. My family's always thought this way. That's a stronghold. And it needs to be teared down. And it needs to be escorted out of your mind. And you need to take those thoughts captive and remove them. So if we're going to think like God and think and have His mind and His ways, we have to remove and resist every thought that comes to us that doesn't align itself to God's Word. That's why it's so important we get in God's Word because we wouldn't know if we didn't have God's knowledge or God's word on the subject. Because sometimes we know the enemy's sneaky. He's not dumb. When people say Satan's dumb, no, he's not dumb. He's been around a long time. So he's sneaky. He will put thoughts in your mind that sound right. And they feel right. You know, I was just thinking about this. Now, I don't want any letters about this. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the homosexual transgender movement, I'm not a mean person. I love people. I love every person who's in that lifestyle. I'm not saying anything mean. I want to put that as a disclaimer here. But when they come on TV, especially to young people like myself or younger, we've grown up in this. And when you get somebody on TV that are in a homosexual lifestyle and they're nice and they seem like they love each other and they want to adopt a kid and everything seems like it's good and, and on the news they're talking about why don't you just let us you know, love each other just like you have a loving relationship that sounds and almost feels right now doesn't it I know the Bible but that feels right I want to say yeah That's just an example. I have nothing against anybody who's in those lifestyles because sin is sin and people in church are sinners. Just like people that don't go to church. So I'm not picking on one lifestyle, but I'm saying when I see people in the LGBT community get on TV, your heart goes out to them, compassion, your feelings, and you almost want to say, I can see that. Now you know better because you know the word of God, but your feelings... And the enemy disguises it in a way you're like, well, why are you worried about them? Just let them live their life. And it sounds right, and it almost feels right. You're just like, what's the big deal? 
They're not hurting anybody. Now, I'm not saying go fight LGBT, the LGBT community by what I said here. But I'm just saying that's one lie that's in our culture that's huge. It's all over the news. It's in every TV station. And if you don't agree with them, you're wrong and you're hateful and you're mean and you're judgmental just because you don't agree with them. But it's a lie. But it sounds right. And it almost feels right. You're just like, yeah. I'm just saying me personally. Maybe you don't feel that way about it. Uh, but I grew up in a different generation, so I grew up, and that's normal. But that's one example. If the enemy can do it in your sexual orientation, he can do it in everything else. It sounds right. It feels right. But is it true? Does it align to God's word? Because if it doesn't, it's wrong. Now, you don't got to be mean about it. You don't got to condemn people, judge people, or even yourself. But you're going to need to change. And you're going to need to take that thought and not just resist it, but remove it out of your life. You know, people that are caught up in that or anything else, it always started with a thought. It didn't start with they were full-blown into a relationship. It started with a thought. And what did they do? They didn't resist it, and they didn't remove it. So what did it become? A stronghold. Are you here today? The power of your mind. So we have to resist and remove wrong thoughts. Let's look at Philippians 4 and in verse 8. Philippians 4 and verse 8. <clears throat> in the New Living Translation, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. I love it says, Fix your thoughts on what is true. Once again, that implies you have a choice. You can choose on what you think about. And God says, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true. What would be true? The Word, God's Word, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent. And worthy of praise. So God says, you have a choice on what you think about. And you can fix your mind on the wrong things or the right things. And he's encouraging all of us. He says, you need to think thoughts that are true. God's word. Things that are honorable. Things that are right. Things that are pure. Things that are lovely. Things that are admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know the scripture right before that is talking about peace. Talking about peace. Implying if you have peace after you prayed about something, but you don't start thinking about the right things, you're going to go right back to the situation you were in before. So when you are done praying, when you're done with your time with God, you need to fix your thoughts and your thinking on the right things. Because that's how God's peace and God's presence is going to stay with you when you're thinking about the right stuff. So we need to resist and remove the wrong thoughts. I encourage you to write this. You're on it. Write this list down sometime. You don't have to do it right now. 
But sometime, look this up. Think about what things are honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. So this is what you should do. Make a list. Now, this is a guest list. This is a guest list. And you are the bouncer of your own mind. And you know what? There is such thing as exclusive parties and exclusive clubs. And your mind should be one of those things. You know, your mind shouldn't be the local bar and tavern. Come on in, take a drink. That's what most people's mind is like. Come on in here, boy. Let me buy you a round of beers. Come on in. I, don't, I know you're wrong. Just sit down. Drink a beer. It'll be okay. Most people's mind is like the local bar and tavern. Mike's Tavern, to be exact. <laughs> okay, so your mind shouldn't be like that. It should be like an exclusive club, an exclusive resort. And at those events, you have a guest list. That should be your guest list. And what happens when you go to the club or the party? You're thinking, Pastor, where you been at? Eh, you know, I've been on some guest lists, not have ever. When you go to the club, the event, the party, the exclusive resort, if your name is not on the list, you're not getting in. And that's how you need to be on your mind if you want to have your mind in God's ways and God's thoughts. Is when a thought comes to you, you say, is your name on the list? Oh, it's not. You can't come in. And if some thought tries to sneak in behind the red carpet, what do you have to do? You have to go into bouncer mode. And what do you have to do? Not just resist it, remove the person. What does the Bible say? Take every thought captive. Cast down the thought and remove it out of your life. So you need to have a guest list. And if those thoughts do not line up with your guest list, they're not getting in. And if you go through the club or your resort in your mind and you find somebody, you bounce them immediately. Because if you don't, they're going to take up a stronghold. Meaning they're going to be in the VIP section drinking your stuff, eating your food before it's all said and done. They got a stronghold. So how do we do that? How do we resist and how do we remove thoughts? We can't just outthink them. You have to speak to them. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with words. We know that as a church family. You have to speak to them. If there is a, a thought that's coming to you, you have to resist it. You have to say, God, I'm not taking that thought. I resist you, and I choose to think about something else. Or if you have a stronghold that has slipped into your mind, for some reason, you have to remove it. You have to remove it by saying, God, I, denounce, I renounce this thought and I command it to get out of my mind. I, I take authority over it in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Father, that you would remove this thought out of my mind. Satan, you don't have a stronghold here. You have to move. Can we still talk like that? That's Bible. But you can't just say, mm. Mm. Uh, stop thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking. Okay, you're going to keep thinking about it. 
all day. It's not going to fix it. <laughs> it's not going to fix it. What's the matter with me today? I don't know. It's not going to fix it. You sitting in the room going, mm, not going to fix it. You have to speak to those things because you have power in your words. Now, how do I know that? God said it, but what happened in Luke 4? You could write this down. In Luke 4, when Jesus was tempted three times by the enemy, he did not outthink the enemy. Every time Jesus was tempted, he spoke the word of God to Satan. He didn't just say, don't think, don't think about bread. God, outback bread, the butter, man, Panera bread. Don't think about bread. And Satan's over there like, turn that bread into, or turn that stone into some bread. Don't think about bread. Hey, he would have had bread within a day if he would have just tried to fight it in his mind. But he had to speak to the thoughts. And notice it happened three times, meaning the enemy can be persistent. He's not going to just try one time and give up the rest of the day. He's usually going to come back multiple times. And notice eventually he gave up because he realized if I come, I'm going to be resisted and removed. So how did Jesus deal with wrong thoughts? He spoke to them. You guys follow me so far today? He spoke to the thoughts. And we need to speak to thoughts if we want to remove them from our life. If we want to resist them, we have to speak to them. It's not good enough just to think about it. You have to speak to them. If you have to take a restroom break at work and go into the restroom and speak, you got to speak. If you have to walk to your car and handle your business with the Lord Almighty and Satan, do it. But you can't just sit there and think that these thoughts are going to go away. You have to speak to them. You have to speak to them. And that's how we resist and remove them. But lastly, we need to replace them with God's word. It's great that we resisted the wrong things and we removed them out of our lives. But we need to replace them with the right things. And we change our mind, and our thinking through God's Word. Could I get Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, back up here on the, the screen? So we're talking about you have to change your thinking by replacing the wrong thoughts with the right ones. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Notice it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. The scripture talks about, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus talked about uh, casting the devil out of somebody. And it says, if that person doesn't do anything after they're delivered, and they're empty, the enemy just comes back and fills that spot again. Now, I'm not talking that drastic in your situation, but your mind is the same way. 
if you resist and re- remove the, the wrong thoughts, you got to fill it with the right things. And you fill it with the right things by filling it full of God's word or his truth. We do that by getting into our Bibles. We do that by listening to pastors and preachers and teachers teach us the word of God. We do that by during the week listening to podcasts because you can podcast anybody on the planet right now and listen to the word of God 24-7. If you don't have podcasts, you can go on YouTube and type in Brother Hagen, Lester Summerall, uh, Kenneth Copeland, all these men of faith. You could type in Carl Lentz and Stephen Furtick and Bishop T.D. Jakes. You can type in every preacher that has ever existed pretty much on the planet and listen to them 24-7. And replace the wrong things with the right things. But we only do that by getting God's word in us. And we replace the old thoughts. Why? Because God said his ways and thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But how do we get to his thoughts and his ways? His word. And the more we think like God, the more our life changes. The more our life gets better, the more our life gets whole, the more our life prospers, the more our life becomes healthy and whole and strong and full of joy and full of peace when we change our thinking to think like God thinks. Are you guys getting something today? So we do that by letting God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. The New King James says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think it was funny. uh, I heard somebody say this before. They were saying, you know, you come to church so much, they just brainwashed you down there. And they were looking back at the person like, your your, uh, brain could need a good wash, really. And the truth is, all of our brains and minds need a good wash. Your problem is your brain is messed up and got all sorts of junk. You need to get out the power washer and clean off your mind and your thoughts to start thinking like God thinks. So, yeah, I am being brainwashed by the renewing of my mind. I'm letting God change the way I think, not a man change the way I think, letting God change the way I think. So we need a good brainwashing and thought washing and mind washing. And how do we do that? By the word of God, renewing your mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is uh, uh, the uh, New Testament say it says being washed by the water of the word get that word power washer out on your crusty old mind it's been dirty for years ain't nobody want to look at that and hear what you got to say get the power washer out and start blasting off those old way of thinking and it only happens by the renewing of our mind we have to replace it with God's word Get into your Bible like never before. There is no excuse. There is every translation known to man. You can get a translation that you like. Even if you don't like to read, there's audio Bibles in every translation. So somebody can read. How lazy do we have to be in 2017 that will read to you the Bible? But we can't just resist and remove the wrong things. We have to replace it with the right stuff. 
God's word, God's ways, God's thinking. And when we do, what happens? Our life is transformed. Our life is changed. We live a new life because there's power in our mind and our thoughts. Did you guys get something today? Well, I want to talk about life groups for a moment. And uh, we'll give you a time to sign up.